Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to Tokyo on Fire. Today is September 4th, 2015, and you are watching episode 24 of Tokyo on Fire. Today's burning issue is the cabinet reshuffle. The reason why it's a burning issue today is because the prime minister will be going up for a party re-election uh, later this month, and as a consequence of that, he'll use the opportunity to reshuffle his cabinet. This is important because the people who occupy positions of power within the cabinet pretty much dictate the flavor and the direction of the cabinet, even though it's, it's pretty tightly directed by the prime minister and by his chief cabinet secretary. But these are a lot of people. They're very powerful. They've been in politics for a long time, and it's an important issue. Today, I'm joined once again by my co-conspirator, Michael Chuchek. Michael Chuchek is, as you know, the author of the well-known blog, Shisaku. It is a blog on contemporary Japanese political issues. Michael is an adjunct fellow at Temple University, and he's also an adjunct professor at Sophia University. Michael is also teaching at Waseda University, where he is training budding young minds in politics, international relations, and policy. Welcome again, Michael. It's great to be back. We had a great conversation last week talking about what was going on with lots of things. What are we doing this week? Okay, well this week, as you know, September is an incredibly busy month. In addition to that, we've got a block of new holidays that have just been inserted uh, contemporaneously with uh, Golden Week that happens in the spring. Well, we're going to be taking some time off in a few weeks, but right now what we're of course, really talking about is the end of the extended session right. of the diet, and that's been taking up all of the airtime, even more so than we thought. It was thought that the end of the war celebration, the 70th anniversary, would be the main topic, but instead, it's security now, the security legislation and the debate in the diet that it was extended for that. Uh, it's still ongoing, it's still red hot, and uh, the Prime Minister has had a tough couple of months, but Right now, he looks pretty good. Well, it's within his domain to extend or constrict the deliberations of the diet. And this time, he had an extended diet session, 60 days. It ends um, just in two weeks. It's going to be, an, the extended session's coming to an end. And there is some discussion right now, how are they going to deal with the fact that the House of Counselors doesn't appear to be prepared to okay the security legislation that there's a, a, a bit of uncertainty there. How, whether they're going to go with an override in the House of Representatives, and everyone wants to have a nice photogenic finish, but they may not have that and it might be quite ugly. And mm -hmm. they're working out right now inside the government, checking out what make, what's the trade-off mm -hmm. in terms of going for a vote in the House of Counselors or going through the route of the override, which is allowable under the Constitution. A 60 days extended session, this is one of the longest diet sessions in recent memory. It's the longest one, it's the longest extension that it has ever taken place. Uh, here we are, we're, the normal diet session ends just at, toward the end of June, but here we are in September discussing legislation, and so many pieces of legislation are not going to be considered, and they're being tossed left and right off the, off the side of the boat within these final weeks as the government tries to make its own deadlines. Right. Now, the government is really effective at passing its own legislation, which is not the case with the DBJ government that was beforehand. The DBJ would, would get fewer than 60% of its own bills passed within a diet session. This administration gets 90% at least. Uh, but even so, <laughs> how hard can it be when you have majorities in both houses that, 
well, you know, you, sh you should be able to pass 100% is mm -hmm. their attitude. So they're kind of embarrassed that they're not going to be making their numbers. Well, there's a lot to be embarrassed about. We've got the security bills, bill number 72 and 73. They have passed the lower house. They are now in deliberations of the upper house. They, the, the prime minister has committed to the Japanese public and also to the American public that these bills will be passed. He's got uh, very little time uh, to do that. And we were talking about in the beginning of the broadcast and also before it, about how this is all gonna work out in terms of the term of the LDP prime uh, president. Mr. Abe is, of course, the prime minister, but he is also the president of his party. Right. And the, the bylaws of the LDP require that a president put himself up to a vote every three years. And Mr. Abe's term as president comes up at the end of this month. A party election. A party election, and he will be running for party president if there is an election. And mm -hmm. that's been the question that has come up and that we should probably discuss first. Okay. Okay, so we now have a, a three-year term that's come to an end. And normally, in the normal old days of the LDP, a bunch of people would put up their hands and say, I want to be the president of the party. And they would collect 20 signatures of 20 members, usually of the faction they belong to. And then they would run. Often, the, in the, most of the candidates obviously lose. Only one person can win. But there would be a number of candidates, a number of flavors of policy, a number of different kinds of, of programs offered. Maybe. Well, almost all, there were only, I think, two incidences where there was only one candidate before. But in this case, there has been absolutely no credible candidate, and the entire process uh, became completely undercut when, just last week, the last two holdout factions turned over and said, we're going to support mm -hmm. Abe. So all seven major factions are behind him. That's a huge block of votes. That also means that anyone who wants to try to submit a nomination, where are they going to get their 20 people? Where right. are they going to get those 20 members of the diet who are willing to go challenge the, the leadership of Abe? Mm -hmm. You can't get five people who are going to do that sure. because he's, he, he's guaranteed to win. So mm -hmm. we're, we're in a position where on September 8th, when the candidates are supposed to declare that Mr. Abe's name will be the only name in the hat, mm -hmm. at which point they're not even going to have an election. They've already told us that. Right. The election will be announced and the winner will be announced at the same time. At the same time. And Abe will then go on through the rest of this diet session. And then we're going to come to the cabinet reshuffle, the, 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 the supposed, the proposed one mm -hmm. that no one has ever has said this cabinet has to go. But everybody understands that's the case. You know, this is a really interesting feature of Japanese politics that the LDP, the, the party, the Liberal Democratic Party, the, par the party that has been in power um, almost throughout the entire post-war period, um, it consists of about seven factions, maybe eight, sometimes more, sometimes less. But these seven factions are all cobbled together under one rooftop. And the fact that nobody has thrown their hat in it's somewhat representative of this administration we have under the current prime minister. I mean, he runs a pretty tight ship. And if you throw your hat in and you haven't been invited or it's a little bit in politic for you to do that, perhaps, and this burning issue that we're talking about, the re cabinet reshuffle, his, his doling out 
bennies to people who have supported him or maybe adversaries who he has to um, bring in somehow. It's, you know, if, if you're a minister of state, you're your political faction within the LDP will benefit as a result of that. That's right. And then the, the, it, there was discussion for a short while whether there shouldn't be some kind of you know, straw candidate, some person that's put up so as that there's a semblance mm -hmm. of a democratic process. Right. But no faction was willing to make that sacrifice, you know, put up one of theirs to be shot down because it would be very awkward and strange afterward when the cabinet positions are, are doled out. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you do with that faction that challenged you? Right. Even if that, the challenge was actually phony, you know, it becomes very, very awkward. And so what they've done is they've all decided to go support him, which leaves only the possibility of some kind of white knight candidate coming out of the independence. And there's virtually no, no chance of that happening. Well, as in a lot of things in Japan, a lot of this is kabuki. What, is, what you see on the stage, there's a lot more going on in the background, and some of the things that are revealed to you visually are only representations of other things that um, really, uh, that are counterintuitive, that, that actually you need to draw a different conclusion from that episode. So for example, the LDP rules say that if you're president of the LDP, um, it's a three-year term, and at the end of that three years, there needs to be another election. That's what we're coming up on now. That's right. And, and he can only, under the current bylaws, by run for two consecutive terms. So persons who were talking a few years ago about him being prime minister when the Olympics are held, mm -hmm. that's a fantasy because his second term would end in 2018. And by that time, we're probably going to be pretty sick of him, mm -hmm. uh, or at least he cannot be re-elected without the LDP itself changing its bylaws, which is probably not going to Or happen. there could be a hiatus. Some, well, other, some other candidate could come in, be prime minister for six months, and then another election. It's happened before. Well, the, these kind of things have happened, but not with a prime minister coming back. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, the prime ministers who have come back in, in the post-war era, there are only two. That's Yoshida Shigeru uh, during the, the occupation era, which you could almost say was a completely different period of history, and then Abe himself. Right. Abe is the, the first second chance mm -hmm. uh, prime minister. So these issues have not been explored before about what happens after a person who wants to be prime minister runs out of time. Mm -hmm. uh, whether that person can at some point come back in again, nobody's dealt with that. We'll see how that goes. That's three years in the future. We've only gotten through three years of Abe, and already he's one of the longest-serving prime ministers in history. We've got to put that into perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, he must be uh, getting very close to, to Hayato Ikeda's uh, numbers right now. I haven't checked recently, but he's going to be among the top four very soon. And there's, there's really not much more up there available. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk a little bit about the dynamics of electing the, not the prime minister, but the party president, because that's what this is. And by default, the party president becomes the prime minister without another election 
of the general membership of the upper house and the lower house. In this case, that, that's going to be the case because he, there's, there's nothing that's really going to be decided. It's a party issue. It's a party issue and the party president will be the same person. And since there's a likelihood that they are not even going to have an election, it's going to be incredibly smooth. And there's no threat that there's going to be a vote of no confidence, even in light of the fact that uh, there's massive protests out in front of the diet on the security legislation. Yeah, there's, there's, they probably will try uh, to submit, the opposition that is, to submit some kind of motion, either in the, the, the House of Counselors or in the House of Representatives. It's not going to go anywhere right. because they don't, they don't have, have the, the votes. Numbers. They don't have the votes. So it's, it, it's all very symbolic. Uh, and it's something that they could do simply because they can do nothing else. Right. They're, they're, they can't really affect policy and we have to to be you know have to be cognizant of the fact that this extended session of the diet is really quite peculiar in political terms the prime minister has the votes in the house of representatives they've passed it yes but also in the house of councillors to vote on this and pass it right that this this was all agreed to in july the 1st last year when the cabinet decision made jointly by the LDP and its coalition partner, the Cometo, they decided this is good. And the, the all we need now is to dot, dot the I's and cross the T's. And right. that's all that this legislation is. Nevertheless, the administration has put on a show for many, many months now and has suffered a lot of loss in its popularity, demonstrating that, yes, we're allowing their, the opposition to have take all the pot shots it wants at us, let them try to you know, put holes in the legislation, try to find out, you know, show the people where this is, this is irrelevant or where this is contradictory, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They didn't have to do that mm -hmm. functionally, but they did so out of habit and also out, out of a sense of decorum, right? You know, to have people say, okay, this is a democratic country because in terms right. of the votes, it's a dictatorship. Mm -hmm. It right. could be, but they don't run it that way. Let's talk a little bit about the dynamics of what we are facing right now with the election of the party president. And the reason why I want to get into this a little bit is because it allows us to predict what things could happen. I mean, there are a couple of options here. Um, it looks like he has it in the bag, but there are a couple of spoilers in the, in the background. Um, these things could happen. So the party election is, is slated for the 8th. That is a 12-day election period, and at the end of that 12 days, the votes are tabulated and the party president is elected if there is a contender. Yeah, and this, is, this would be if indeed someone signs up. Now, everyone has been talking about one person, right? and that's Noda Seiko, Seiko Noda, the uh, former minister, who is an independent, one of these persons, not inside one of the factions. Uh, she's uh, got good credentials in terms of seniority, She's a woman who has ministerial experience. She's also been also in uh, top party secretariat positions. So she's got everything that is needed. She, she basically qualifies. Basically qualifies under the, the new easier rules. In the past, you had to be either foreign minister or finance minister before you could even hope to right. run. But that's no longer valid. We've had the interregnum period of the DPJ, which means a lot of people haven't been ministers. Mm -hmm. uh, we had Mr. Abe becoming prime minister in 2006, 2007, without having done precisely those 
prerequisites himself. Mm -hmm. So the the idea that there are certain things you have to certain positions that you have to serve in that's gone. Uh, and Noda has said that we really need to have some kind of election. Not saying to her that I'm the person for it, but she has said, you know, I, that we for need decorum's to, sake. For decorum's sake, to you know, to show that we, the LDP, are serious about politics and we're not just a bunch of toadies. Right. Well, she didn't say toadies. That's me. But <laughs> it looks kind of odd that there is absolutely no competition intellectually, ideologically, within a, a, what is supposed to be a big tent party. Right of all kinds of people, all kind, representative of the nation as a whole. Mm -hmm. That there's only one possible leader and that everybody else just sort of gives up looks bad. Well, here's the thing. A lot can happen in 12 days. Yeah, but someone has to make a decision by the 8th. Mm -hmm. And it has to be not just that person, but 20 others in the party to write on the, the nomination. Right. There's just not the time. Well, even it's four if, days away. Come on. Even if there was the time, though, I mean, it's a pretty risky gamble to go against the prime minister whose numbers are improving day by day. Mm -hmm. It looks like he is going to succeed himself. And if you want to pick a fight with me, go ahead. But there's not going to be a cabinet post for you in my next cabinet. That's right. And, or any cabinet afterward mm -hmm. after that. And I'm going to be around for three years. Sayonara. That's right. Okay. And, but the thing is, the only reason we're having this conversation was because during the, the summer months, particularly by the middle of July, the numbers of the cabinet and, the, and, and the, for the support for the party had fallen far enough that members of the LDP started to get worried. Sure. They started to think about their own futures and started to look around and say, well, you know, maybe, maybe he's not the only possible person. Those numbers in the public opinion polls suddenly jumped up in mid-August, and that just has shut down. Mm-hmm the candidacies of, or even the potential candidacies of anyone. We're, that, we're having this conversation, but it's, it's really a done deal. Yeah, it's also interesting, not only the fact that it might be that she throws her hat into the ring, but those individuals that we thought were contenders have abstained from throwing their hat into the ring. Um, um, Ishiba Shigeru, for exactly. example, who's, who's already run a few times already. He, he's said, no, I'm not interested. And he also is an independent. It's not as though he's locked in right. by the factions. Uh, he, but he, he sees no point in it. And a lot of people don't see any point in mm -hmm. it. Which then brings up, okay, Abe becomes, let's say, party president automatically. He continues on as prime minister. But this cabinet that we have now, it doesn't have to go on. Right. And everybody's looking that once he has the, the, the party presidency, he's going to replace the secretariat of the LDP, the, general, the, the secretary general, the head of the policy research council, the head of the general council, the sanyaku as they're called, also the, the person in charge of, uh, of elections. That's, they, they even call that the, the fourth member of the, of the, of the troika, mm -hmm. even though that makes no sense. Uh, they're gonna be replaced. Not because they're doing a bad job, but because there are all these candidates. And maybe we should talk about that. Right. You know, that the, in the LDP, if you've had a number of elections, you, the, the, the basic number was six elections to the diet, you were eligible for a cabinet post. And if you didn't get one, that either meant that you were a bad member of the LDP and you had to make up for your, your faults, or you were in the wrong faction at the wrong time. Right. Right. And uh, 
right now the factions are all lined up. So we have all these factions expecting to put people in, but the number of persons who are eligible is way more right. than the, pe the number of positions that are available. So what's the number? 35, Some maybe 35, 40, 36 right? are, are generally seen as ministerial material. And if you take out, okay, first of all, there has to be one Komeito minister. Right, because then, it's a coalition, so coalition. we do have to share some of these yeah. important posts. And posts. the most important person in, in the cabinet, Mr. Suga, who is the chief cabinet secretary, nobody wants to see him go. They see him as basically the Siamese twin. He's the of, glue of, that's held this administration yeah, he's together. He's the person he's, that holds this thing together. That those two positions are, are, are off. And then you can start counting out, okay, then one each has to go to each of the factions, and you start getting some really small numbers for the remaining you know, 25 persons who are eligible. Mm -hmm. And at that point, who's going to be put in, who's going to be put out? And of course, there's another matter entirely that really interests the people outside is, okay, you've, ha you've got seniority, but are you competent? Right. Do you have it, what's, what it takes in between the ears? Uh, that's another question entirely. Right. Is it, is it, is it a skill set that you are familiar with? Are you familiar with uh, science and space and technology? And that means we're going to put you in the Ministry of Trade or... I well, mean, when, when there's science and technology, we're, that's the one position we know is going to have to change mm -hmm. because of what has happened in regards to the, to the Olympics. That may not make sense to some people, but the Minister of Education, he's not only just the Minister of Education, he's the Minister of Sports, he's the Minister of, trade, of Technology, he's the Minister of Science as well. That's Mr. Shimomura. And he has technical expertise and a history in education. In education, right. but not in the other things. Mm -hmm. And certainly in the sports section, he has blown it. Mm -hmm. He was the minister basically in charge of the Olympics effort until Mr. Endo's Olympics ministry was, well, ministerial position was created. Just recently. Just recently. And he's only been in a couple of months. Then everything that happened before then is all on Mr. Shimomura's uh, record sheet. And it's not a great record. Mm -hmm. We've lost this week the logo based on plagiarism charges and the idea that there's just no way to fight the idea that this was uh, copied from various places. We now have lost also the major stadium, the main stadium for the Olympics. The entire effort is in disarray. There's no one in charge of it, seemingly. The prime minister is making these decisions. Uh, and it's not his job. Right. So somebody has to go, and that somebody definitely is Mr. Shimomura. So we're looking at a change in the Ministry of Education. Let's talk about the hierarchy of, of positions and maybe identify those that are good and solid. You've just mentioned the Chief Cabinet Secretary, Mr. Suga. He's probably gold, and he'll stay there. The next top one would probably be Minister of Finance. Which is Mr. M Mr. Aso. Now he also holds the, um, the position of Vice Premier. That's right. And he's ostensibly, if anything ever happens to Mr. Abe, he is the person Next who steps in. in. Right. Mr. Uh, Mr. Taro Aso is quite old. And he's been Prime Minister. And it's it, while it is fine that he's Finance Minister, whether he has... Uh, fulfilled the mandate or not is a question. Mm -hmm. It's not something that we can really say or not. The, the economy has not performed up to the levels that people expected, but is that In spite his of Mr. Kuroda's 
Valiant yeah, efforts. Yeah, is, is, it, is it Mr. Kuroda's fault? Right. Is it Mr. Mr. Aso's fault? Is it the fault of Mr. Xi Jinping in mm -hmm. China? Whose fault is it? Right. It's hard to say. Uh, again, it's really up to, to Taro Aso whether he wants to go on or not. Mm -hmm. It's Mr. Abe may want him to stay. It, 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 it's not a position that he wants a too competent person in right. or a too ambitious person in because the finance ministry is them still even though it's been chopped up and had a lot of its powers hived off, it's still the most powerful ministry it is by a, far. Okay, so number three would be? Number three. Um, foreign ministry? Foreign ministry. Mr. Kishida is well regarded. He's but doing well. He's doing well. But he is, of course, a faction leader, and he has to promote people in his faction. Mm -hmm. And if he takes a position, that means his faction is one of their... Uh, spots is taken right. and he his faction may not be large enough to get a second spot so in order pr to promote his own people he m would probably move out I would think maybe so but it's uh, not a good time to change horses in the foreign ministry well it's a very difficult time all the time in the foreign ministry so when, when are you going to do it mm -hmm. uh, he's been in there from the beginning of the Abe administration he's really wants to be prime minister He's obviously not putting in his hat in the ring this time, but when the next time comes around, he may want to be. Right. In order to prepare for that, you cannot be in the cabinet. Mm -hmm. That's one of the reasons right. why Mr. Ishibak is not trying to, to challenge Mr. Because Abe. Because he's in the cabinet. Because he's in the cabinet. Right. And that was a very astute move by Mr. Abe by putting him in. Mm -hmm. That if you're in the cabinet, you're on the team. Right. You know, you cannot go against it mm -hmm. unless you're a, a faction leader, which Mr. Ishiba isn't. There's, there's an incredible tension going on here with a number of people, maybe 35 people deep, waiting for their term, right. waiting for their chance. I mean, it is... And it's, it's in contingent upon every faction leader to promote the princeling or the, the number two or the number three inside the faction so that they get experience. Right, and in order to raise up within the faction, it largely depends on how many votes in your election you get. So if you're in an election district that has two or three contenders and your election numbers are lower, somebody from a different section who has fewer contenders in their election district, they have a, a higher vote get. Yeah, there's, it's, there's, it's, it's a huge dynamic. And, and, and ministerial posts clear, clarifies everything. Mm -hmm. I'm more senior than you right. in our faction because I've been ex-minister, mm -hmm. so shut up. And, that, and that's the way they act. Yes. And that's exactly the way they're going to try to do things. But if, they're, if the faction's ministerial position is taken up by the faction leader, there's no way to have that right. per pyramid uh, rep, that in, a, in a stable... Everybody system. wants to be the boss. Everybody wants to be at least in the, in the hierarchy. Right. Or at least having had it in your pedigree so that... I mean, it's like being a priest or a, a governor. I mean, even after you finish that, you still are governor. You still are... Mr. Ambassador. That's right. You yeah. still have it always with you, and it's listed on the, the website of the LDP. It tells everybody what you've been, where you've, what you've done. Right. But so many of the mid-career persons in the, the LDP, very peculiarly, do not have a record. Mm -hmm. And this is ahistorical. In the past, there would be cabinet well, reshuffles. Well, actually a churn. Yeah, right. there, were, there were cabinet reshuffles at least every year. And many prime ministers in the later years didn't even last more than a year. Mm -hmm. And some prime ministers had several cabinets in a single sure. year, as Mr. Abe did in his first term. He had both reshuffled cabinets and remade cabinets after an the electoral loss in mm -hmm. July of that year. 
he had to completely redo his cabinet. So they, you, you, you normally see a lot of churn and people get to have new titles on their, their name cards, right. but not recently. Mm -hmm. Well, um, in the first cabinet, he had a, just a little bit of stumbling at first, but his, his two administrations have been very, very stable, and that's created the backlog of other people who are waiting for their turn. And that's, and that's precise. The stability that outside observers, outside governments, really enjoy. They know that the, Mr. Kishida will be fine and will be Minister of Foreign Affairs next year right. when we have the next summit. That stability is contrary to the personal interests of members of the LDP. Mm -hmm. And so there's that incredible tension right now. Be before we go further down that, that list of, of who's, who's on top and who's on the bottom, there are two other really important dynamics at work here. And one is women. We need to have more women in the cabinet and that limits you know, who these seats will go to. And the second one is that the vote will now be given to people 18, 19 years old that uh, wasn't available before. This is a new law and that will be um, in, in effect in the upper house election next year. Well, they, I, I'm, uh, don't try to talk to me about the 18 and 19 year olds issue because I think it's, it's, it's completely bogus. Right. But the changes have been made, at least in terms of the national referendum. The, the, this week we saw the LDP putting up very briefly the flag of, okay, if they can vote, then they can probably drink, drink and, and they smoke. can smoke yes. and they can bet on the racehorses. Mm -hmm. And they put the flag up for that and it was immediately shot down. Mm -hmm. And suddenly within not just days, hours, they were pulling that flag back down as fast as they of could. Of course, I mean, their coalition partner is Cometo. Of course, Cometo is going to say, what are you talking about? Yeah, the, the married women's division of the Soka Gakkai loves the idea <laughs> right. of, of drunk, smoking teenagers betting on the horses. Mm -hmm. They love that. Right. It's not going to fly. Well, I mean, they have been exercising their uh, potential power uh, over the last couple of weeks in their demonstrations in front of the Diet uh, in opposition to the security bills. There's, it's a real question what, to what extent the Komeito is coordinating. Mm -hmm. with the protesters. There are, there are the radical protesters who are um, real, actually doing an extraordinarily good job. They're under extreme pressure. Uh, not only are they being watched by the police very carefully, uh, the police are just doing their job, of course. Right. They're not you know, seeing them as subversives, right? Uh, but they're also counter-protesters, uh, extreme right-wingers mm -hmm. who are being a very aggressive, uh, you know, calling out the protesters, saying you're all Korean spies. Right. You're all you're all Koreans. Actually, you're not you're actual Japanese citizens. You're, you're you're trying to destroy this country, and it's been really tense. But nevertheless, the protesters have stayed. It's been a really steady presence, and there and though there are not a lot of folks, the fact that they're still even there is really impressive. Okay, let's talk then about we've got the um, uh, cabinet secretary, we've got the foreign minister. And um, finance minister. Okay, then we then we start going to places that might change. Right. And and again, this is not because the the persons who are there are incompetent. This has been a relatively competent group. But you're right. We need to cycle in right. women. We need to cycle in mid-career people. And we just the folks who are there have to go. Mm -hmm. And it's a really really difficult situation. Now. Some people are saying at the end of the month, the new cabinet will be announced. I don't think it's going to happen for several weeks. And the reason why is because Mr. Abe 
because the cabinet, the, um, the legislative session has been extended so far, the usual extraordinary diet, which is in the, the late fall, might be a, just a tiny little one month period for the cleaning up of a few more bills. Mm -hmm. That So he'll have all of October and maybe all of November to think about, okay, where am I taking this? Because he does have to think about this. He's going to have a new three-year mandate. He doesn't have to have a House of Representatives election for another three years after, from now on. And it's so he has this block of time. Of course, he has the House of Counselors election next year, but he has this block of time to think, mm -hmm. how can I achieve what I set out to do? Because so much of what he set out to do is undone. Let's, right. be, let's be fair. The, the economy has not revived GB, GDP growth, maybe nominally. There's been some movement, great. But in real terms, we have seen over the last six quarters something like 0.1% growth, which is not growth. There's mm -hmm. nothing there. We don't see any of the inflation that was, was promised. We're not seeing uh, very much in the way of constitutional reform, which is something that he's been promising his followers. He's got to think, okay. What happened to the third arrow? The you know, what? Well, the third arrow, my goodness. <laughs> no, but they are, if you do look at the legislation, there, there are pieces of that are coming through, but it's going to take time for that to, to be realized. Mr. Abe has, coming up this fall, a chance to reframe everything. And that's the last piece in the, in mm -hmm. the cabinet reshuffle, to redefine for the rest of his term where I'm going. And you're right. In terms of, of women in the cabinet, he's got a lot of women in the cabinet. They're hard right-wingers, all mm -hmm. of them. And he doesn't have that many softies outside of the cabinet. There are a few like Koike Yuriko, but she's on the outs with him still. Right. There are, there are a few women that he can cycle in, but he is all these different criteria, all these different, uh, different programs that he wants to push forward. How is he going to do that? How is he going to meet those criteria? That's what he has. I think he needs several weeks to decide mm -hmm. it. Well, um, like I said, September is an incredibly busy month. It might be that he doesn't get to it this month, but it's really likely that if he doesn't do it this month, he'll probably do it next month. We'll see. It all depends on, well, of course, outside uh, situations, such as the current collapse worldwide in equities markets. Mm -hmm. That is really got a lot of people wondering, where does Japan fit into this story, this global story of a slowdown in China leading to a cascading market right. collapses all over the world? Where does Japan fit in it? Japan's markets have, have been hit hard, but they're still up on the year. Where does this all, where does this all come out to? He's going to have to listen to his economic advisors. And it was really interesting, again this week, he started talking about economic policy as being foremost, mm -hmm. because it has not been foremost right. for the past six months. Let's be honest. It's right. been way off the radar. Sure, we had the budget requests come through this week. Each of the ministries, for some reason, submitted the biggest request ever, including the defense ministry. Everybody honed in on that. But all the ministries are, are trying to get, went to the feeding trough and, and tried to get them a lot more than mm -hmm. they had before. It's not the defense ministries being expanded beyond all belief. That's not the case, even though you might read that in, in certain news uh, outlets. Everybody wants more. It's going to, the request was the biggest ever, uh, even though 
the money's not there really. Mm -hmm. uh, this, this is all coming back to him mm -hmm. after spending months and months and months answering questions about the security legislation. The money has to come from somewhere. And I think that the cabinet reshuffle will happen sooner rather than later. Mm -hmm. He's really got to change the, the, the tenor and he's got to change the, the, the sense of urgency uh, among his cabinet. And I think it'll be, um, I think he'll go through and, and clean house and uh, probably take care of uh, some of even the sitting uh, female members of the cabinet and replace them, maybe with males or females, but I think you'll probably see a, a few more females on the cabinet. Well, I don't know if, if women in the cabinet's really something that, that it's, kind of, it's kind of touchy. It's teeing up, though, for the upper house election. I mean, it, you're right. He does have to present a, a new image of some sort uh, while... The, the strategy so far has been pretty good, which is bore people to tears uh, so they don't, sh so that the... Uh, Unlike the show. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but in, uh, well, it's, it works for them. If you can get people detached, demoralized, not interested in showing up, except, of course, if they have an obligation, mm -hmm. uh, what you're going to get are percentage-wise, more LDP votes, more Komeito votes. Absolutely. You get more Communist Party votes, but who cares? The Communist Party is not in any position to take over the government. Mm -hmm. And the persons who are going to suffer in a demoralized environment is your opposition. Right. It's the JIP, which is going through chaos of right course, now. Of course, who cares if we and want that? And the DPJ. Right. The, the Ishin Noto. That's right. The, the, this, the, the JIP is, 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 is an absolute circus right now. Mm -hmm. It'll take several weeks for to find out who's in what in that department. But the DPJ, the main opposition party, its main voting block are the floating independent voters. Mm -hmm. And if the Abe administration can keep driving voter interest downward, which it's done very successfully, we've seen that the voting rights have been the lowest ever. If they keep doing that, the DPJ is sunk. And it's perverse that the, the negative actions of the ruling party actually hurt the opposition. Right. Let's speculate just a tiny bit, if you don't mind. There has been some speculation and some rumor that the prime minister is not completely healthy. He's, he still suffers from bouts of, of illness, and this posture that he has now is more of a, a facade and that uh, he wants to become the party president, he wants to become the new prime minister. Well, it's, he wants to succeed himself as prime minister. He wants to reshuffle the cabinet and then step out. His mother is really on him. You know, I, I told you not to do this again. And he's back on it. His, his health is suffering. His wife is on him about it. Um, it is possible that uh, even after the election, he shuffles the cabinet, he collects his, his debts, he pays off his debts, and then he sits back and now he's the faction leader and... Okay. That there's, there is that speculation that's in some of the weekly and monthly magazines. And the reason for that is relatively simple. He does suffer from a chronic disease. And there will be periodic flare-ups, which are not entirely controllable by the medication that mm -hmm. he's receiving. And one of the great sports of the weekly magazines is counting the number of, of bathroom breaks that he takes. And they, they, th that they have someone tabulating this is perverse, mm -hmm. but they're doing it. And, Reading the tea leaves. And they, they, they try to figure out, oh, is he feeling well? Is he feeling poorly? Blah, blah, blah. That's great. Uh, nevertheless, if you read his book that he re reissued in 2013, 
he has in it an overwhelming sense or the message that you get is of a calling mm-hmm. that he is called back to the prime ministership that he the premiership and he's been he's he, on a he's on his a destiny mission. he's on a mission right. and that the people want him there that the vast silent majority is there for him and his speech writers even had silent majority in his sprinkled through his speeches you don't see it anymore but nevertheless he has this incredible you can almost say uh, self obsessed idea of him as the savior of the country okay and either he was just bsing in his in his book in order to to make people think that he really wanted to be pm again or it's real and i'm 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 of the group that says it's real it's, and i don't real see him stepping away mm-hmm. even under duress because he has to work out of his system literally this humiliation that he suffered in the previous bout or his previous term as prime minister where he suddenly all of a sudden after promising the moon 3 days later resigning and disappearing into a hospital and then coming out and saying uh, I can't physically continue you know one of just to follow up on this speculation one of the great um barometers of having a party election that we're going into on the 8th of this month is that other contenders for the prime minister show up i mean they throw their hat in the ring and they do it not for um the purposes of even con- even challenging the prime minister but just to be on the radar i'm here next time it comes up my name is going to be there too so even mr koizumi who was kind of a nobody when he first threw his hat in he threw it in 3 times and eventually became prime minister and a very successful prime minister so it seems that if people want to identify themselves as a potential prime minister in the near future they would be throwing their hats in and we're not seeing that so the question is who are the poten- where are the potential contenders uh for prime minister should something happen to this current prime minister that's again that's in the old ldp we're still thinking it's you and i have been here a long time we still have in our minds this concept that the factions matter the faction leaders matter the faction leaders all are fighting to become prime minister and if one is goes down the another one is ready and raring to to step in right. and you know stomp over everybody else to get there that's i that's not what we're seeing now if you the pathway to the prime minister is not through contentious behavior the pathway to the prime minister is by being the best friend of abe one can be mm-hmm. and there are all kinds of folks who are mentioned as potential takeover persons taking over they even talk about mr suga who has no money who has no no basically oh, I'm only a minor no huge pedigree no huge pedigree right. he doesn't have any of of the three bonds that the kanban anything he 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 doesn't have he's not a faction leader mm-hmm. yeah but they but they're talking about him as and a lot of over. the contenders have just kind of you know melded into the woodwork there yeah but that's those are the the contentious ones but what we've seen instead are people talking about even you know inada tomomi the head of the right. policy research council as being the number one candidate to take over from mm-hmm. him based on his anointing right not out of a, a a collision but out of him having some extraordinary power to bless the next person and that has almost never existed well no. well we had uh, kakue tanaka who was a kingmaker and his his reach and his domain 
was very long and it lasted for, for decades. And I think that perhaps the current prime minister is taking notes from that and he wants to be a kingmaker too. He wants his, his stamp to be long lasting and, and deep. And I mean, look at how he's run his cabinet. Look how he's run his administration. There are very few people that have been challenging him or criticizing him in public. Basically, he's got a very ideologically and very uh, personally unified party, mm -hmm. which most prime ministers have not had. Uh, certainly the DPJ didn't have that, but even the LDP in its heyday didn't have this kind of unity. Well, I think they got beat once and they said, this will never, ever happen to us again. And but, these but are the everybody rules. thought that after a few months or a few years, they'd all go back to the same That's way that right. they did it the old way, fighting between each other, factions, tribes. Grabbing money, trying to get the pork barrel. Everything. That's right. not happened. Mm -hmm. That's So it's really been very difficult as an analyst to constantly be backpedaling and say, they're not reprising the past. Mm -hmm. They're not doing things the old way. So what's the, what are the new rules? Right. The new rules are really interesting in that when you take a look at where the power belongs, it is really the LDP party headquarters, the lower house, the upper house, and then maybe the, um, the administration, uh, the, the ministry, various ministries that uh, control different parts of the, the, uh, the budget, but power is really isolated now in the LDP. They're sharing some with the Comato, but the other parties really don't have much to do with it. Other parties don't have much to do with it. We don't see a great deal of the bureaucracy lifting itself up. Of course, that's clearly due to the fact that now under the new regulations, they're, the prime minister really has control over, right. over, over promotions. That all the former centers of power that contested with the prime minister and actually left the prime minister a, a rather sad little figure who was really more of a traffic cop than mm -hmm. anything else, that's all fallen to the wayside. There right. really is nothing to challenge the prime minister, which again, it cannot be emphasized enough that the, the, at least the appearances of democratic process have nevertheless continued onward. Mm -hmm. And that they're going through the, you know, a debate that doesn't have to happen. Right. That they're going through actions that don't have to happen. They have a lot of extraneous activity that actually hurts the prime minister's cabinet and the cabinet's ratings in the public opinion polls. But they're still going through it. And you have to give them credit for maintaining the decorum of the state, where uh, we're looking all around the world nowadays, who gives a darn? Right. You know, wh what, what, are the, what are the rules? What's okay? What's not okay? Who cares? It's all about power. Mm -hmm. That's not what's happening here. Right. Well, to wrap this whole thing up, invariably there will be a cabinet reshuffle and it will happen within the next 60 days or so, I guess. Mm, uh, well, let's say 60 days, that's okay. entirely fine. So of the current cabinet posts, there are about 19 right now, mm -hmm. there will probably be a flushing out of some and an insertion of others. Okay, so we have seven going to faction leaders, plus two which are the PM and the, 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 the chief cabinet secretary, Right. hold on. That leaves 12. 12, 12 is a good number. But it's not enough to, to no. It's not enough to do all the different things that Mr. Abe wants to do. So there is going to have to be sacrifice. There's going to have to be people who are unhappy. And wait, just wait for your turn. But he's not only got the cabinet post, but he's also got 
posts within the party as well. That's right. He's got the three major posts in the party, plus the, the electoral post. So he's got 20 posts to hand out. But the secretariat posts inside the party have to be going to someone with a lot of experience. Well, it's probably a reward for having done something in the cabinet post or maybe biding their time. It's it's pretty much a reward, isn't it? Yeah, it's I mean, pretty, it's a hard job. There are hard jobs and there are ones that require some finesse. The person who's in charge of elections really can't be a complete fool. You can have complete fools in the other party posts, but that one, the elections, is the most important part. He, and he seems to be having a really hard time, although he's He's very competent. It's a, it's a very tough job with the election districts that are being bonded together. Uh, some seats of the, the diet will be um, uh, vacated. Oh, that's for the I mean, House they, of Counselors election, sure. They'll just be gone. And even though they might be uh, contemporary LDP members, somebody's got to give up their seat. That's right. And that's going to be very ugly. And the person who handles that process has to be very astute and has to be acceptable to everyone within the party. It's Again, it's all going to be a very complicated process. You think it can happen fast? I think that even with Mr. Abe, with the diet being out of session, they're going to have to spend a few weekends up at the uh, the villa up in the Amanashi mm -hmm. Prefecture looking at lists of names and comparing jobs and saying who can go where. Well, we've got Golden Week in the spring and we have Silver Week in the fall. That falls uh, towards the end of this month. And that's probably when a lot of it's going to happen. You're right. right. Using the opportunity of Silver Week, the Prime Minister will take some foreign travel. He'll visit some, uh, some other countries. I understand he might be going to Jamaica and come back probably at the beginning of October, and we'll get started all over again. Well, we'll see how it goes. I'm predicting that basically the same women will be there as before, so that if you want to keep a relationship with someone in the cabinet, I would stick with Ms. Ari Mura or with, with Ms. Yamatani. Mm -hmm. They're very likely to stay in. Uh, they've only been there only a year, and most likely they may be moved around to another post, but they're, going, they're pretty solid too, along with, as you say, uh, Chief, as we, we've decided, Chief Cabinet Secretary Suga. Right. Well, there are a lot of really sterling uh, cabinet ministers now. It's, it's a, a wild toss-up, isn't it? It's going to be interesting to see how these second-tier members of the factions are slid mm -hmm. into their positions and how well they do, and whether indeed, on the international level, whether other countries will understand. Thank you very much for your insight, Michael. It's always really a pleasure, and I learn so much in having this discussion with you. Oh, it's always great to have a talk with Thank you. Thank you. You've been watching Tokyo on Fire. Thank you for tuning in. Our burning issue today has been the cabinet reshuffle that is expected Probably within the next 60 days, the Prime Minister is going up for party re-election. Campaign starts on the 8th. If there are no contenders, it'll be a race for one. And on the date that they announce the election will be the same date that they announce the winner. Thank you for tuning in. Please tell your friends about our podcast. Our numbers continue to grow and your comments are eagerly received by us. Please continue to post your comments and interact with us and interact with other viewers by posting your comments to us via Twitter at hashtag TokyoOnFire. And also send your comments to us at comments at TokyoOnFire.com. Probably the easiest way if you're viewing this podcast on YouTube is to simply type your comment or your question into the dialogue box. Last week in particular, there was a, a lively discussion going back and forth. Finally, our podcast is available on iTunes. Thank you very much for watching. My name is Timothy Langley. See you next week.